You're listening to the official podcast of the Ohio Department of Developmental Disabilities with your host, Director Jeff Davis. Hello, my name is Jeff Davis, Director of the Ohio Department of Developmental Disabilities. And for this today, we have another guest that I am just tickled to death to do this, have this conversation with, and it is Kim Hauk our new director of the Ohio Department of Developmental Disabilities, and that is Hauk with a C and a K at the end, isn't it? It is, okay. yes. I finally got that after three years. Mm-hmm. So, Kim, it's nice to have you with me. I thought it would be a nice treat, one that's rare, to have the outgoing director and the new director in talking about the future, not the past, the future, right? So welcome. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. This is our holiday conversation, so we want to wish everyone out there the most genuine and wonderful holiday. Whoever you get to share the holiday with, I hope it is a blessing for you, and we look forward to a great new year. But we thought we'd take this opportunity uh, for those of you that know Kim well, and she'll reinforce the gifts that you already know. And for those that don't, we're going to talk a little bit about you. I know that's not always comfortable, but you'll get used to it. And we're going to talk about the future, okay? Perfect. Thanks. Okay. All right, so one of the things that, uh, of course, Kim and I have had conversations about the transition, and one of the things that was so impressive to me has been so impressive, and what I'm so happy about, you know, are some of the individual traits and the gifts that you bring to the table. So why don't we start there and just talk perhaps about some of the personal characteristics that you value and you think are important for this position. Thanks, Director. You know, I've obviously learned a lot from you, and I think the the kindness and the openness and the transparency that you've brought to the department is absolutely something that I look forward to continuing meeting with people served and families and, and providers and county boards is obviously something that I'm looking forward to learning from them and supporting them in whatever way we can as a department. So you've brought a lot. I mean, you've been in our system a lot. 30 years? You're not supposed to tell people that. Okay. Let's talk about your journey because it's one of the things that I bragged about and that I've been so impressed with is just the sheer breadth of your experience because we are not just a, we're not just a residential system or an adult day. I mean, we are, we cover, we truly do support individuals from birth till death. Yeah, I started my career as a DSP in an ICF or a direct support professional. And after college, was able to move and become a, a Q. At the time, it was a QMRP. So I, I worked at Brookside and St. Joseph Home down in Cincinnati, which is where I've uh, grown up and, and continue to live. And uh, then started working for the Hamilton County Board of DD in the early 90s. Was a teacher, both primary and intermediate age students, and then moved up through the system there, was a curriculum coordinator and other opportunities, but ended my career there as their program director. So I oversaw early intervention, our school-age programs, and at that time, our adult day centers. So been here at the department for eight years. Director Martin asked me to come to the department to transition our early intervention program from the health department here to our department, which... It's a big deal, really, really exciting, great work, and then was able to move into the policy position with you. 
So maybe a little bit about sort of what subject areas or better yet, what program areas you've had with, you know, as deputy. So obviously I've kept early intervention in our division. That certainly is a a passion of mine. I think it's important to be with families and people early in life and, you know, help them achieve what's important to them from a very early age. Touch on that. I mean, talk on, because we don't talk about it, uh, you know, as often as perhaps we should. Just briefly, talk about the transition as you brought it over and then maybe a sense of where we are statewide and where we want to go. Yeah. So we've really been able to develop that team here at the department as well as statewide. So all 88 county boards support early intervention. I'm really proud to say that. And we have a a better sense of our training and um, professional development across the state in EI. The department has spent a lot of resources on ensuring that our professionals have access to professional development that really will help them support families. And, you know, our ultimate goal and what we're working towards is that every family has access to a a core team. And we are, we're really close to that across the state. And that really excites me a lot. Governor DeWine fully supports early intervention and even um, doubled our allocation, our first budget, yes. So we've been able to use those funds to um, more fully support our service coordination across the state. We know we're still, you know, have a ways to go, but certainly we're able to increase our allocation to our counties, to our admin agents. It's always a journey. It's been a pretty, from my view, it's been a pretty remarkable transition and, and certainly within the speed that it's been accomplished. But what's, what's sort of next there? I think, you know, continuing to, to build access to teams. You know, we have providers from 90-some percent of our providers are at our county boards of DD. And we know that county boards aren't able to, to fully fund all services. So to continue to bring private providers on who will provide services in that evidence-based way that we're looking for, it's really important to us. And during the pandemic, we still, I mean, we were still able to touch families in different ways. Absolutely. We actually, um, with the help of Cuyahoga County, were able to put together videos that were used not just in Ohio, but across many other states on how to provide services for families virtually and how to continue um, to do that in a meaningful way. One of the bigger steps, I think, that the department has taken in the last... 10 years was successfully bringing over EI, you know, under our our umbrella, where it should be. Yes. And I think that's proven itself out. So, you know, I'll certainly always be grateful for that and your involvement in that. So not at the expense of all the other things under your division previously. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, you know, another really fun area for me has been multi-system youth because, again, it's getting involved with youth and families earlier in their journey, right? So Tina Evans and her team has done a great job of working with kids and their families and trying to problem solve and and help families stay intact. We issued a, a white paper last year 
And I think we made it really clear that the department believes, and I certainly believe, that youth belong in a family home whenever possible. And we believe that that, that it's possible in a lot more instances than, than we give um, maybe credit to. So, but we also know that sometimes that isn't possible. And so um, serving kids outside of a home and, and really, you know, looking through that trauma-informed lens and supporting kids across the age span, but again, earlier in life to get that earlier fresh start. Well, we know the governor from the onset of his administration is, is focused on youth in a variety of ways, but it's probably fair to say that at the state level, we've never seen type of coordinated effort. Absolutely. I mean, it's, a, it's another journey because for a variety of reasons that people know well. I mean, these children have such challenge. You have to embrace it from a number of different points. I mean, you do. But I've been very impressed with this, this concerted effort and the passion that accompanies that. The cross-system work that we've been able to do under Governor DeWine has been amazing working with Medicaid and mental health and all of our other partners, you know, really helping to support these youth has been incredible. And the governor has really um, dedicated lots of funds towards those efforts as well. We're excited about a couple new projects coming up, our multidisciplinary team project, as well as our um, resiliency coaches you know, those two projects in partnership with Ocali, again, really looking how we can support families and providers. We know some of these youth coming to us have some pretty significant needs and challenges. Being able to support them in their community is really important. Yeah, they sure, they, they do, in, a, in, in heartbreaking ways, there's no doubt. So out-of-home private provider capacity, including our developmental centers, next steps on this path. So we're continuing to look at our ICF providers, and we're hopeful that they will be able to help support more youth, as well as looking at other creative ways, whether it's waivers or other services and supports that kids might need to be successful. Being highly engaged in the Ohio Rise project with Medicaid under Maureen Cochran's direction, you know, that has been an amazing, I think it will be an amazing support to our families. So, technology. Technology. Under your leadership. Yeah. With Stacey Collins and her team, technology, employment first, really looking at the adult day array. You know, there's some real exciting opportunities there. We know there are workforce challenges, obviously. We hear about those every day, and we experience them ourselves in our developmental centers. And so we really are hopeful that we can problem-solve together and, and really look at technology in different ways and how that it can support people we serve to be more independent, to be more self-reliant. And I think, you know, we've had this conversation a lot publicly that we're not looking to replace DSPs, and we aren't trying to scare people away from trying new technologies, but we do think it would be, you know, a great enhancement and just a different way. Yes. I mean, there is there's no doubt in my mind, none, 
um, the the opportunities that technology brings to a system like mm-hmm. ours. If you just start with the individual, just start with the individual and the independence and autonomy. And of course, I've said this many times, but the dignity that accompanies control over one's life and technology probably offers that in ways, not probably, most certainly offers that in ways that I've never seen, never seen in 30 years. So I am very excited about that. And it's fun to hear providers talk about the different creative things that they're doing all the way from smart homes to less technical things like Google homes and and things like that. So it's really fun to hear what they're, what they're trying to support people with. Yeah, so maybe a little bit on next steps in that as you head into the new year. Yeah, we're continuing with the Technology First work group, which is a group of people from across the state, state agencies, vendors, that sort of thing, getting together and really problem solving and, and being creative. And we know that we need a new Tech First rule that should be rolling out soon. We also know that it's they're going to there will be, need to be other changes to, to help people be successful. Funding, you know, we've got some really creative, innovative grants out there that people are trying out new things for us. We have the new rapid response portal that went online a few weeks ago, and we've already had two counties have successful experiences with that, so we're excited to see where that takes us. Yeah, I think it is. It's, uh, you know, again, it's a comprehensive approach kind of a holistic Absolutely. approach. So I, I think there'll be a lot of partnerships, alliances. We certainly have excited and invested technology vendors out there. And, uh, you know, we've got providers, as, as you said, that have dipped their toe in and those that have immersed fully in it. And it's, it's just a game changer in a lot of ways. So been a tough couple of years for everybody, yeah. you know, with the, with the pandemic and emerging into all the uncertainties, a workforce shortage, it's not an uncertainty. But people naturally, you know, as you try to return to some sense of normalcy or something, you know, that is stabilized, give a sense of where you see hope. We had an opportunity to, some of the um, staff here at the department had an opportunity to go visit counties and talk with families, providers, and county boards we called them hotspot visits. They they visited with um, a couple association partners, but we learned a lot from those visits, and we learned from families, you know, what they what they need, and I think we can continue to learn from families and people we serve. And sometimes it's small changes, and I'm hopeful that we can really step back and look at, you know, we hear a lot about simplification, and I'm not always sure what that means. But I think we can learn from from people we serve exactly what needs to happen to make our services more accessible and more readily available and and just easier. So you've experienced just in the last week, you know, already the sort of demands on your the requests for your time and the demands on your time and uh, all as it should be. But maybe chat a little bit about your own style you know, how best to interact with you, how to best support you, uh, and then just what to expect. Yeah, so I've been with the department for eight years, so I hope most of the people listening know me and know that the old saying, my door is always open, and and that's absolutely true. I want to meet with people. I want to talk to people. 
I want to hear your big ideas. And I also want to hear your really concrete suggestions and approaches because we're open. We're open to change and we're open to really listening to what what everybody on the ground needs to be successful. I'm excited about the waiver work that we're going to be doing in the next year, you know, really trying to, to simplify and add more, maybe more depth to our services. You know, under your leadership, we've already really taken a deep dive around transportation, and we always hear that's a huge issue. So, you know, looking at that Uber or Lyft type service that should be coming online here in the next several months. And so that's just one example of something that I think is really exciting that's coming up. You know, as we merge out of the holidays and, you know, the first of the year rolls around, do you have priorities perhaps? I think, you know, my, my first priority is to have a seamless transition. I, I don't want people to be nervous that our priorities are going to be changing we are still going down the path that that you've set forward. So, you know, we'll still be looking at the single assessment and single ISP. I think that's really important, and and you've made a lot of progress in that area. I know you aren't where you hoped we would be at this point, but certainly we are on a path that we're going to continue. You know, I am really excited to start the waiver work, and we plan on getting an RFP out right after the first of the year to look for that expert that can come in and help Ohio, you know, look at that. I I know that was done 15 years ago and um, I know it was pretty painful at the time. It was at the time. (laughs) So (laughs) I still remember. I'm, I'm really hopeful that this time is maybe not as painful and um, we can make some, you know, needed changes to that. And then, of course, you know, we have talked a lot about internally and externally our our blueprint for adult day. So that obviously is high on my priority list as well. We've spent a lot of time talking about employment services and where we want to go. And we've made a lot of progress over the years in employment. And so now it's time to really look at our adult day array and services for folks that have some pretty complex needs and what can that look like. You know, those are a few of the things that I think we'll start the new year off running with. The continual challenge around workforce. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have a, as everybody probably knows, we have a, the workforce task force. Our plan is to continue that and um, continue to develop priorities from that group with input from families and, and people served and county boards and providers who are all represented on that group. All leading into our next budget, priorities that emerge there. Well, Kim, what have we missed? I can't think of anything that we've missed for today except for to you know wish you well in your retirement and... Um, you know, do you have any uh, words of, of advice for me or for the field? Or, you know, what are you most excited about that, that happened, that's happened over the last three years? I think there, there are paths. I think that uh, if I'm allowed to use the word proud, I really am sort of, and this is big picture. You know, this, this virus uh, pandemic that we went through 
you know, was, was brutal. But yet our system did, it did rally together you know, in so many different ways you know, with significant challenge and in all of the ways that you tried to provide supports during a, you know, really continuing time like that. But it was reinforcing um, to me to see a system do, you know, as best as it could together during a time like that. And at the same time, continue on, you know, its path. At the same time, it's not easy to do. You know, continue on its path with some of the sort of ways in which the future was going to play out. Technology is certainly a piece. You continued conversations around the adult day array, as you talked about. We also continued those efforts around the single assessment and the single plan, and I appreciate you mentioning that. There's no, there's no doubt in, in my own mind, if, if we invest in that, like I expect it will, that over five and ten years, when that is fully ingrained, that will have a fundamental make a fundamental difference for our system and those we support. And there are a number of other things, obviously, that we did. But it, you know, it really does all come back to, doesn't it, at heart, it's how you do your basics, how you do the fundamentals. And uh, I said it in the first weekend, I'll say it here in the last, it is, it really is about how you treat people. You know, the common decency and respect in a system like ours, uh, to me, that's essential. That's essential, that's an obligation on the part of professionals to to continually think about that. And then I'm really proud of our department. I'm biased, but I am uh, in the ways that the department, our own team, you know, have thought about their role, particularly their role over the last three years, the role during the virus and the pandemic and the role in direct operation of service and all of it. But, you know, how you think about what customer service and customer focus really means. You know, and the pieces of the puzzle that come with that and you, how you try and help people. And I feel like we have, have, and I feel like we've tried very hard to be like that. So I have no doubt that that effort, because it's always a maturation and evolution, will continue under your leadership. One of the reasons why you're sitting right here is because, you know, we have to be about, we have to be about those we support and the people that support them. So, yeah, I will always be grateful for that. Well, I'd Thank like you. to, you know, publicly... Thank you for personally the opportunities that you've given me over the last three years. And thank you from the system for your leadership, your calm approach, your ability to, you know, help us through the pandemic and, and just be that, that force that was always there for all of us. So we're very, I'll use your term, very appreciative of you and, and what you've done for all of us over the last three years. Thank you. Very nice. All right, so this will be my last podcast. And for those of you that have listened over the years, I hope we've provided some interesting conversations. Uh, and it has been uh, every bit my privilege and honor to be with you. Thank you. You've just listened to another episode of the official podcast of the Ohio Department of Developmental Disabilities. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like and share with others. For more news and information from the Ohio Department of Developmental Disabilities, please visit dodd.ohio.gov. You may also subscribe to our monthly publications and follow DODD on social media and connect with us in our Facebook forums.